I know it looks like we're having a party up here, but this service is still word. Amen. We, I, well, I brought the word. I don't mean I don't know if you all came prepared for it, but I brought it. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, you can find your place in um, Ephesians five, verse fifteen. We're going to get there eventually. We'll open up with prayer. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your Holy Spirit in this place, that we know your, your anointing is present here, that we look to your anointing to provide revelation, to provide light and understanding and wisdom. Father, we, we look to your, to your anointing to break the yoke of bondage. Whatever it is we're dealing with, your, your anointing and your word have the answer, Father. So we open our eyes and hearts to receive from you this morning, and we thank you that we... we Allow your spirit to move and do what he would do this morning to have his way in us and in the service. And we thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. 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 It's always important to open yourself up to the Holy Spirit, because if you you come in with and I've done this before, so I'm speaking from experience. You come in with a bad attitude or you come in with with your own things going on in your head, you tend not to receive real well because um, you're, you're buried in your own things. And the Holy Spirit is wanting to get something to you and you're too busy with whatever you brought with you <laughs> that you, uh, you have some difficulty receiving. So it's important. It's, it's easier to do Sunday morning because hopefully you hadn't run into too much stuff from waking up to getting here Sunday morning, but I guess it's possible. We all do drive to get here except for some notable exceptions. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we, we want to make sure that we're ready and receptive for the Holy Spirit. Amen. So <clears throat> the last few times that I've been up here, we've been talking about the will of God. Uh, and for some time I have been talking about that. And, and of course, no surprise today. I want to stay on that track. Um, it's, it, it's important. <laughs> some, some would say mission critical or vitally important that we understand the will of God for generally and specifically um, because it's those are two separate things um, and understanding both are important uh, as both as a believer and then as a believer walking with God uh, because it's we got plenty of believers that understand the general will of God although not as many as we would probably like um, a lot of people do understand the general will of God but they have no idea what they God wants them to do specifically which is good but not good for them I mean because God has a design for every one of us to do something in the kingdom. What that is is different for every person. Um, that's where you cross the line from the general to the specific. Generally, we're all not supposed to kill people. We're not supposed to lie. We're not supposed to steal. We're not, you know, we're supposed to be a good witness for Jesus. Those are all the general things that we're all supposed to do, regardless of what God wants us to specifically do. But that's where it all ends. I mean, what I do is going to be different from what Anita does, is different from what Miss Debbie does. It's going to be different because God has, we all have different skills. We have different, we've grown up differently. We have different upbringings and God takes all that into account. He knows your strengths and he will work to those strengths and help you eliminate your weaknesses. But it all depends on us following what he's telling us to do. Because the work God has us to do, whether we realize it or not, because most of the time, I'll speak about myself. I'm not bright enough to pick up on what God's laying down most of the time, which is why it's important for us to just obey, right? People call it blind faith. I'm sorry, but when God's involved, I have no problem with it being blind faith, even if that were correct, which it's not. Even if that were correct, I know God's good 
I, and I know his word is true. I know he's going to treat me well. That's all I need to know. If he tells me to do something, that's all I need to know. That I don't have to worry about, you know, I could walk around the corner and get slapped in the face. No, God's not going to set me up with something like that. He's not going to hurt me to teach me something. That's not my God, right? Amen? And that's, that's where understanding the general will of God is important because that, that's the foundation for you to springboard off into what God wants you to do specifically. Because if you don't understand that God's good and that he's not going to hurt you, it makes it more difficult for when he comes to you and says, hey, Dr. Rich, I'd like you to do this thing. And in the back of your mind, you go, you know what? I could, I could go down that road and God could pull the rug out from under me and I'll just take a spill. And, and, and people believe that stuff. They believe that God's, God's going to hurt them. I mean, they'll disguise it with, well, he's trying to teach me something. Yeah, but that doesn't change the fact that it hurt, right? Whether he's trying to teach you something or not is a moot point in the discussion because you as a human, we're not dumb, okay? And they, they've done tests with animals that, you know, the animal goes to get a piece of food and gets zapped. It don't take too many times for the animal to go, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to get zapped. We're not that dumb either. So if we go do something and we think, well, God's the one that just hurt me, it's not going to take too many times where we're just going to go, I'm just not going to do what God tells me to do anymore. But that's, that's the devil wearing that cloak the whole time, selling, selling foolishness to people who don't know better, and they're buying it hook, line, and sinker. Oh, well, that's God. No, that's not God. That's the devil. He's lying to you. And what he's trying to do is make you a piece on the board that's not going to move. Because if he, if he cordons you off and he knows they're not going to do anything, then he don't have to worry about you anymore. He can move on to somebody else, and you'll stay right there. He knows exactly where to find you if he ever needs to come back. And there are lots of believers that live their lives like that. They're just stuck there because they've bought a lie. And it's sad. But that's important for us as believers who know better, who should know better, that we can come along to those people and show the light. We don't have to beat them over the head with it, but we can show the light to them and say, hey, maybe some things that you believed, like Pastor Bob used to say in the commercials, maybe some things you learned just may not have been the truth. So it's important to understand the general will of God is the foundation. Because that's the truth we build the rest of it off of. Just like building a house. That's your slab, is the general will of God. And we get the, all of it from the Word of God. Which means we have to spend time in the Word of God. Getting to understand. And don't be, don't be so high-minded, or low-minded, however you want to look at it, that when you come across something and you go, I just don't understand that. Seek someone out. Ask. Ask. Find out. Don't, don't be, I've been like that, where you read something, you go, man, that, that just don't make no sense to me at all. Go ask somebody. That's why we're supposed to hang around with other believers in fellowship, so that iron sharpens iron, so that you've developed a relationship with someone, and you can walk up to them and go, hey, have you ever read this verse? And they go, yeah. Well, what, do you, what do you think? You ever gained any revelation? The Holy Spirit ever told you anything about that verse? That's what we're supposed to be doing. Because if, if, we can, if the devil can move us off out of the herd and so we're, we're alone, he can get at us. But if we stay together as a herd and we move as a herd, that don't work. 
You ever watch? I'm, I've, I love nature documentaries, so I used to watch all them ones where they show the, li- the pack of lions or wolves or whatever chasing a big giant herd. They're smart enough to know I'm not going in there with that big giant group of animals. I'll get crushed, you know, gored, whatever, depending on what kind of animal they're hunting. They wait until one, the whole herd zags and one zigs, and then, then you see all the wolves peel off to chase after the one. Well, that's what the enemy does. He's, he's pushing and prodding and putting some pressure on the herd, moving the herd around. Well, if the herd's together and we all believe one thing and we're in one accord, like the Bible says, it makes it way more difficult for him to peel somebody off. Because it, he's, he's betting on our flesh and our human nature, our fleshly nature that's been developed and trained by the world system. So that when the pressure comes, we'll be too embarrassed to go ask. Anybody? Don't raise your hands. I've been there. You think, well, I must be the only one going through this. Well, that's a dumb thought. But some people don't know any better. Because maybe this is their first time going through something like this. And they think, oh, well, this is, I mean, I I can't go talk to so-and-so because they'll look down on me. As if, if even if they did, what does that matter? The important part is making it through the situation that you're in, dealing with whatever it is that's come against you. That's the important part. Who cares? You don't have to answer. The thing that people forget is that when this is all over and said and done, that person, you don't have to answer to that person. You, they're going to be of no concern to you at all. You won't even think about them. I guarantee it. When you're standing before God and he goes, so, Let's go over a few things. I'm not going to be thinking about Miss Kathy saying, Miss Kathy, dang it, that time. No, no, no. That's not how it works. So why would I wrap myself up and be worried about what some person thinks about me? We learned this, or we, they used to teach this. I'm sure they don't teach this anymore, about Ignoring, you know, self-esteem is important, but at some point you've got to ignore what other people think of you. And I tell my kids this all the time because, I mean, kids, I don't know, I don't know if any of y'all have dealt a lot with kids, but kids are mean for a multitude of reasons. But simply put, kids are mean. And it's, you know, you, your kid comes home crying because some kid hurt their feelings and it's like, well, what do you do? Unfortunately, it's one of those times where you say, you just got to toughen up a little bit because it's not going to, you can't, I'm not going to lie to my kid and say, it's going to stop. It ain't going to stop. In fact, it's going to get worse. It just is. I went through it. It's going to get worse. And I was a big guy. So everybody who made fun of me had to deal with the thought, what if he hits me? But they still made fun of me because kids are kids. And it's the same thing with us as adults. Look, you're going to have to deal with this one way or another. It's better if you just put all that junk aside and don't worry about the people side of it. If you need help, find help. Find help. Go to the Holy Spirit. Go to somebody you trust. Go to your mentor in the faith. Don't go to just some rando, okay? Some random person, all right? Don't go to your family who isn't saved or is basically, no, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about here, okay? We're believers, We're supposed to have somebody that's a spiritual mentor to us. Which also means someone who believes like we believe. Because you can go to a believer who you look who you look up to who does not believe like you believe. And you're gonna get this, they're gonna have a weird look on their face. They're not gonna be able to offer you any help. 
Because you operate differently than they do. Your foundation is different than their foundation. Which is sad, but it's still true. You need to find somebody whose foundation looks the same as yours, who was built the same as yours. Not necessarily saying they got to be in this church, but you got to find somebody who believes like you believe. Otherwise, they're going to be giving you advice based off their crumbling foundation. Well, you don't want a foundation like their foundation. You want a good one that's going to hold up. That was nowhere in my notes. <laughs> so a lot of believers, they, they hear about the will of God and they think because they've been trained by religion that it's some mystical thing that's unattainable. It's not. We've been through that before. We are called by the word of God to understand the will of God. That's what we are supposed to do. It's one of the things we're supposed to attain while we live here. That is what we're supposed to be striving after is it is my job while I'm here to understand the will of God. Because wrapped up in that is all the stuff that God wants me to do while I'm here. Being a good ambassador, being a, a reconciliator for the people, bringing people to Jesus. All of that is wrapped up in God's will for me. So I need to be striving to find that at all times. At all times. Full bore. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today, if I can actually get to it. <laughs> Ephesians 5, verse 15. And I'm in the New King James, for anybody that cares. Ephesians 5.15 See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So right here, Paul tells us that we're supposed to walk circumspectly, and I know that's a fancy word, but basically it means diligently or with maturity. So we're supposed to walk with maturity, not as fools, but as wise. And the Bible is clear about what that means. We don't have to wonder, oh, well, what does it mean to walk maturely? The Bible tells us. It doesn't, it's not leaving anything to chance or anything for us. Oh, I think I don't know. No, the Bible tells us what that means. Go to Proverbs 4, 25 through, tw we're going to go 25 to 27. Proverbs 4, 25. Because it's important that we not, we not interject what we think. That's where a lot of believers get in trouble both with the general will of God and the specific will of God, is we think we get some information and we go, well, I can fill in the rest. Absolutely not. If you've ever done that in your personal life, you know things go badly when you start filling in the blanks yourself. Whether you, and you, If you work a job, you've probably figured that out. If your boss tells you something and then you start filling in the blanks, sometimes that gets you in a lot of trouble because they go, that's not what I wanted you to do. <laughs> well, it's called finding out specific direction. So Proverbs 4, we're going to go 25 to 27. It says, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. It's talking about walking. Keep your eyes straight in front of you. Look ahead and ponder your path. Don't turn to the right or to the left. And if anybody has lived in this world and we've all been here for a while, we know what there are flashy things all the time trying to get our attention. Look over here. Look at me. Look at me. Well, what is that? That's trying to get you when you're walking your path, trying to get you to go like this. Because when you go like this, your body automatically starts drifting off of the path. I bet you you've done that while you're driving. 
we've all been there where you see something on the side of the road and you look and you and you look back and you're whoa yeah well that's what is that that's your body's automatic response you look that way your body starts drifting that way well that's what this is look this is what this is talking about when you're walking you keep your eyes on the path in front of you you ponder your path which means if you've got a goal the cliche is keep your eye on the prize well why because if your eye gets on something else you're going to start drifting you're going to start moving off what it is you're supposed to be pursuing, what it is you're, you're after. Whatever you set your goal on, you've got to keep your eye on it and ponder that path. Because the enemy is going to try to get you to turn to the right and to the left. That's his game. And he plays well. He's been doing it a long time with a lot of people. And your flesh is in there too because it doesn't want to go on that path. It wants to do something else. It wants to do whatever it is that it wants to do, which is usually not on that path. Because many times the path that God asks us to walk, while it is simple, it's not easy. The path is simple. It's just a matter of obedience. That's, a, that's simply, it's a simple statement. Just obey God. I didn't say it was easy. Nobody said it was easy. Because there's, there's lots of garbage between you and obedience. <laughs> Stuff that you've got to wade through and get through. But that's part of our job as a believer. That I am supposed to look at that path and walk that path and not turn to the right or to the left, not move off. Don't let anything draw you away from what you're pursuing. So go back to Ephesians 5. We're going to read 15 to 17 this time. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. See that you walk circumspectly or maturely, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Can you put all three of those up there at the same time, if you, if you don't mind? So we're walking with maturity. And it says that, it's that, that we're supposed to be wise, redeeming the time. It says in verse 16. So it's basically if we don't redeem the time, we're fools. Is basically what it's saying there. And we're redeeming the, the time because the days are evil. Therefore, therefore why? Whatever, you know, the, the rule is if you see a therefore, you need to find out what it's there for. Therefore, do not be unwise. Well, therefore what? Because the days are evil and we're supposed to be walking maturely in redeeming the time. Therefore, do not be unwise. So it would be unwise to not redeem your time. But understand what the will of the Lord is. Now with that final statement, we get the wrap-up. The wrap-up is to be wise and to redeem the time, you need to know what the will of the Lord is. If you don't understand the will of the Lord, it is impossible for you to redeem your time. Which means to me, the MacArthur paraphrase of that, and not, not, the, <clears throat> not the big one that's printed, my paraphrase of that, is you're wasting your time if you don't know what the will of God is. You're wasting your time. Which, in, by connection, means the only thing worth spending your time on is the will of God. And that's not to say you can't have hobbies and you can't have fun and you can't do this. Let's not get into that discussion. The discussion is, are you doing what God has told you to do? Do you understand what the will of the Lord is? Because there is something for every one of us. If the thought enters your mind, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. What's the next statement? 
Find out. It's your job. It's your, it is literally the reason you're here to find that out. So pursue. And that's where a lot of believers are, is right there. How many, how many believers have you talked to? Well, I don't know what God wants me to do. I, I, don't, I don't hear, the, will, I don't hear the, wor- the word of God, the will of God, the voice of God, fill in the blank. They don't know. Well, if you don't know something, what's the general rule of thumb? Find out. For all of the stuff here in the world, we got Google. Well, Google can't help you find the will of God. And I promise you, because I've done it just to be curious, if you look up what the will of God is, none of those people know either. <laughs> they're, they're as clueless as a bunch of geese in fog. I don't know what, that, what that's all about. I'm sure geese are fine in fog, but <clears throat> that's, I guess that's beside the point. But they don't know either. So the pursuit of the will of God is what one of the probably the most important thing you can do as a believer. Because it puts down the foundation for your life. It shows how you're supposed to live generally. And then the will of God springboards you off of that to find out how you're supposed to live specifically. And if you are not pursuing that, what are you doing? You're wasting time. And the problem is, is in this age right now, we're so wrapped up with everything else that people, people in the back of their minds, they think they're going to live forever. You can tell by the way that they live, they think they're going to live forever. Because they're totally fine blowing years of their life doing absolutely nothing. And when I say nothing, I mean pursuing the will of God. They're fine with that. Because they think, they don't, their mind isn't on the fact that the days are evil. Well, what does that mean? You've only got so many. That's the honest truth. That's what we've lost in our society is the view of mortality. I see all these things all the time, and it's like, oh, well, this young person died. And you know what I look for? Why? Why did they, how did they die? Why did they die? And you find it, and you see it's the way that they were living. They're living like they're not going to die because they just don't, they don't even think about it. The mortality of themselves as a being doesn't even enter into it. They're like, I can put all this crap in my body. I can, I can go out and live like a crazy person and break all kinds of laws and, and, and be me- evil to people and sow seed and sow seed and sow seed and sow seed. And then they reap and they die and people are shocked. It's like, what did you think was going to happen with that? I mean, I know they don't put warning labels on illicit m- drugs and stuff, but... It should be pretty clear by now that if you put all kinds of that garbage in your body, there really is only one result. But they don't think about that because they're wrapped up. I mean, their father is the devil, so they don't know no better. But we as believers can't get wrapped up like that. And I don't mean you need to focus. You don't need to wake up every morning and go, I'm going to die. I mean, you don't have to be... You don't have to be morose about it or anything like that. But, I mean, you have to remember that I have a limited amount of time here. I mean, my, my lease on this body and my time on this specific earth during its reign right now, it's not forever. I have a very limited amount of time. That's why it tells us you got to redeem it. you got to redeem it. you got to use it for something worthwhile because if you don't, it's wasted. And you've only got so much. That's what Paul's trying to get across here. 
Guys, we don't got time to mess around here. We got to get after it. That follows back to if you want to do the will of God. Because if you don't care, then okay. I mean, it's up to you. God's not going to make force you to do it. But you got to follow after his will. And people think, well, I want to do this. Okay. That's your decision. But is, had, was God involved in that decision? It's, don't, don't get me wrong. This is, this is one of those simple, simple, not easy things. It's simple to say, well, God needs to be involved with every decision. It ain't easy. Because if you want to get God involved, you've got to be willing to hear something you don't, you don't want to hear. Because <laughs> I don't know about you, but I got plans. And when I go to God, there is a very real possibility him going, him going no. No, just throw all that out. That's no, we're not, not doing any of that. <clears throat> That's a bummer. <laughs> I mean, I've been there before. When you make all these plans, you're like, yeah, man, this is awesome. And then God goes, <laughs> no. And it probably would have been a lot easier if you'd started out asking him, hey, should I even go down that road and even spend time thinking about this? It would have saved me a lot of time and heartache, but, you know, it's, it's how that goes. <laughs> it's called being human and dumb and learning all at the same time. <laughs> so we're to walk with maturity, redeeming the time. And how we do that, how we redeem the time is understanding, finding out what the will of the Lord is. So how do we do that? How do we do? How do you find out what the will of the Lord is? Well, thankfully, the Bible is very clear about how we find that out. It's not a mystery. People, that's that's a lie from people who want to keep you in religious bondage. Oh, the will of God is mysterious. It's not if you want to read your Bible. They'd like you not to read your Bible because then you don't need the religious blah so much you got if you got some dude and i you know nothing against robes if you like to wear robes while you're up there i don't think you'd have to pay me real good money to put a goofy looking robe on to stand in front of people but uh i mean i guess if you want to but the point of the matter the fact of the matter is is there are a lot of denominations and a lot of parts of the church that they think that the person standing up here is giving them everything that they need. And that's just not true. It, it may be possible if you were willing to move in and stay here all the time and you had somebody willing to teach you all the time, then maybe you might be at a spot where you get all you need from here. But that's not going to happen for many reasons. It's not going to happen. So there is some responsibility, a lot of it, on our end of the deal where you hear things here it's your job to both verify what you hear here, 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 and, and move, use that as a springboard to move somewhere else. It's not possible for somebody in a church to teach you everything you need to know to walk with God. It's just not possible. There's not enough time for us to do that because the Holy Spirit has to work with everybody in here. And I'll tell you from working with kids in basketball, when you get a group of people together, you can't just coach the guys at the top end. you got to coach the team, which means when everybody comes in and sits down here, the Holy Spirit has to coach the team. And luckily, he can talk to us individually and get us what we need, but that means people are at different levels. The things coming from up here aren't going to be, you know, 
Well, I'm, I've, been, I've been saved for 30 years, and I'm walking far with God. Well, good on you. Get to it. Don't expect every, everything you need to come out of the pulpit. Look to the Holy Spirit. That's why it's important. It doesn't matter what body is standing up here. Look to the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's going to give you what you need. A lot of the time, when you hear something come out of the pulpit that slaps you across the face, that's because you haven't been listening good in here. When your feelings get hurt from something that comes out across the pulpit, I'm not saying all the time, because there are plenty of preachers that don't have a brake pedal and they just start spitting fire, but a lot of times when you hear something that gets you right there and you know what I'm talking about, that's because you needed to be got right there and you weren't paying attention to the Holy Spirit. And I'm speaking from experience. Many a times that I've, I've gotten it right there and it's like, Man, that was strong. And then I, I roll the tape back and go, nope, it wasn't strong. I just ignored what the Holy Spirit's been trying to tell me, and he had to slap me upside the head. Because he's it's, it's his job to teach us. Anybody? Uh, yeah, we've got a few teachers in here. Is it easy teaching all the students? No. Some students it is. I'm sure some students, and you're like, oh, bless you. But then, you got, <laughs> then you've got the blockheads. The blockheads that just, for the love of everything, just just don't want to learn a lick. Well, what do you got to do? You got to hit them. And I don't mean hit them. I mean you got you to gotta get it to them and get it to them and get it to them. And, and sometimes you got to switch it up a little bit and come at it from a, well, what is that? It's trying to teach them. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit's our teacher. And it's his job to get the message to you because he knows you need it. How many in here have ever been saved by something that the Holy Spirit told you, one way or another? Financially, health, wisdom, guidance, I mean, an unbelievable amount of time. Well, that's his job. And sometimes, I'm sure, it had to be a little strong. Why? Because he needed to get that to you so that you could maneuver in whatever way you needed to and do what you needed to do. And he would like it if it were a little bit easier to get that stuff to you. And that's, that's our part, right? That's our part. That's the pursuit of his will because then we're opening ourselves. We're, when you pursue him, you're opening yourself to him and saying, God, give me what you got. I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. I want to do what you have for me to do. And when you're open like that, that makes you an easy student. But what you, when you're walking down the road and mumbling and complaining and kicking the can, and, oh, I can't believe this is happening to me. Well, that's God. God's going to have a difficult time getting stuff to you. And then, then the problem with those people is then they get angry when God has to use somebody else. Well, I don't know why they told me that. And they get, they get bitter. Well, if you, would, if you would open yourself up a little bit, God wouldn't have to use those other channels. Do you think he likes doing that? It would be easier for him if we would just receive when the Holy Spirit comes to us in that still small voice and says, hey, this is what I need you to do. You pick up on it. You go, yep, got it. Let's go. Instead of him having to go, excuse me, counting one, two, and then screaming across the bullhorn. And it's still, what was that? Was that you, God? Yeah, it was him at 100 amps coming across. I mean, come on. It's, God is not here to embarrass people. That's not what he wants to do. So if he's got to have somebody walk up to you and say, Sister, brother, God told me this, that he wants you to do that. 
know that that was not God's first choice. He did not want to have to do that because that involves a whole separate person. You understand that this system that God works in is unbelievably complex because he has to deal with us. Because he, at the end of the day, if, he, if it's easier for him to talk to me and go, Tim, I need you to do this, and I go, okay. But if I'm being a thick old blockhead, and he can't just say, Tim, I need you to do this, and he'll try a few times, Tim, I need you to do this, Tim, I need you to do this, eventually he's going to go, Tim's not going to do that unless I get somebody else to it. So then he has to go over to Pastor Nid and go, Pastor Nid, I need you to go talk to Tim and tell him that he needs to do this. Well, then guess what? Now he's got this person right here who might go, was that you, God? <laughs> yeah. Or who might go, no, I don't, I don't like Tim. I'm not going to go talk to Tim. Tim's on his own. He can do his own thing. You understand that that's what God has to deal with all the time in every area where there's another person involved. So when we're, you know, we're dealing with receiving physical needs and we go, God, I don't understand what's going on. Understand that God's having to go through people to get stuff to you. He's faithful. It'll be there. Just believe that it will be. But understand that he's going to deal with people just like you to get that stuff done. <laughs> and I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way, but you, if you take it like that, you'll do exactly what you just did. You'll laugh and you go, yeah, I, I get it. I totally get it. Because you know you can be a blockhead just like I can be a blockhead about all kinds of different things. So when God has to work with us, it's, it's in our best interest as a believer, as somebody who's wanting to move forward with him, to make it easy on him. <laughs> because it'll be better for us, because then we can maneuver quicker, because then it doesn't take a month for you to get the directions. He can just tell you the one time and you go, yep, got it, let's do it. That's a whole lot easier than having to go over it and over it and over it and over it. Think they got it this time? I don't know. It doesn't look like they got it. They're not moving yet. <laughs> so how do we do that? How do we do that? Matthew 7, verses 7. We're going to go 7 to 11. Matthew 7, 7 to 11. Because there is a question that when people ask, they, they go, or they say, I don't know the will of God. I, I, I don't know what God wants me to do. And even there's a lot of believers that are even at a base level where they don't even understand the general will of God. Because you know, they were taught wrong. And really, we should, we should have a whole lot more grace and understanding about that than we do. About people, I mean, I know to us, because we've been taught this way, that we know God's not going to hurt you. We know God doesn't put sickness on you. He doesn't cause lack. He wants to bless you. He's a good. We know all that because we've been taught that. But understand, like a child, because really we are children when it comes to spiritual stuff. If you have a physical child, you can warp that child. Because that child has no, has no reference of truth. I mean, if you, you got, and I know this, I'm raising, raising two little kids. If you bring a little kid into this world and from the time they're little and they understand, you tell them the sky is black, they're going to think, number one, that that color that the sky is is black. And they're going to think that the sky is black. And if you tell them all kinds of these, I mean, you can warp them. Because they don't, they don't have a, they don't have a, ba a basis for truth. 
you are, as their parent, you are their basis for truth. They come to you and they ask you a question because they genuinely have no reference for the answer. You could, I mean, if you were a twisted soul, you could absolutely mess that child up. Well, guess what? It's the same thing spiritually. And we need to understand that when we come towards other believers, that when you come into the kingdom, you have no reference. If you come in through one of those denominations that believes that this person up here is the only person you listen to, and don't you dare open a Bible, and how are they going to know anything different? How? How would they? Because they believe that this is it. That whatever this person says is, for lack of a better term, gospel. That's, how are they going to know? And then you look at them, well, how can you believe that? Because that's all they've ever been told. That's all they've ever known. So of course they believe that. Of course they believe that wealth is evil and they should live basically with a vow of poverty. Of course they believe that because that's all they've ever been told. That's the only reference they ever, they've ever had. And it's unbelievably sad. That's why Jesus, oh, he took those boys to task because that's what the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all those guys were doing to the Jews. That's what they were doing to them. Because the Jews didn't know any better. Those people were the ones that were supposed to be leading them into the truth. And what were they doing? They were nailing them to the wall with all kinds of garbage. And ooh, Jesus was not happy with those guys. Not happy at all. So when you deal with people like that, understand the situation that you're walking into and Understand that that's probably what they've been taught. So like I said back at the beginning, you don't want to just whack them over the head with it and go, you're dumb, why do you believe that? No, no. Understand that that's probably all they've ever known. And say, hey, you know that thing that that dude in the road preaches out of? I got one right here. And it says in this book that he preaches out of, it says this. And they're going to go, wait, what? And what does that do? That, sh that, that broadens their base of truth out and it goes, wait, wait a second. You mean that guy that was up there all that time was just picking stuff out of there and not telling me everything? That's exactly what was happening. And let me share a couple other things with you. And then all of a sudden the sky isn't black anymore. The sky's blue. Always has been. And you go, man. Well, if the sky ain't black and it's blue, what else have I been lied to about? And that's how you crack that door open and then kick it open. Because the devil's trying to keep people, you understand that that's what he wants. He wants people deceived like that because people like that don't have any power. And they're not a threat to him and his kingdom. That's all he cares about. <clears throat> if he can make you not a threat, that's fine. He'll move on to somebody else. And you'll live in your own, you know, your own little pool of yuck. <laughs> so, Matthew 7, 7 to 11. It says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what? Man, is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? 
If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So Jesus, this is Jesus, this is red letters, tells us, you ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, the door will be opened. And then he goes on to say, look, you guys being the way that you are, if your kid comes to you and asks you for something and needs something, would you not give them what they need? And he says, well, God, being infinitely more good than you, does the same. He will give you what you need. That's, this is all we need. I need to ask, I need to seek, and I need to knock. Well, what does that entail? Asking, seeking, and knocking. Constantly, consistently, without end, until you get your answer. And that doesn't mean that you doubt that God's going to give it to you. Because that's where a lot of believers get stuck. They go, oh, well, I'm going to ask, but I don't really think that I'm going to receive. Because after all, God's will is mysterious. No, it's not. And he wants to get it to you. The Holy Spirit will reveal things to you. He'll give you what Jesus has. That's one of his jobs. All that Jesus has is ours. Well, the Holy Spirit is here to reveal those things to us. But it involves, he's not just going to come and do it. Dr. Rich, or I, let's just use me as an example. I don't want to pick anybody out. I'm over here doing my own thing, totally not paying any attention to God at all. The Holy Spirit is not going to come over and shove something in front of my face that tells me what God wants to do. No, absolutely not. No, it's not how that works. I've got to be pursuing this is, very, this is a very close uh, connection with a physical relationship. If you just, we've all been in love, I'm sure, at least once. Maybe you are right now. If you are in a relationship with somebody, an intimate, you know, an, an actual love relationship, that per- person would, was not pursuing you at all. Would you have any desire to come to them and go, oh, hi, how are you? No, no, that's not how that works. Especially when you're dating. If there is no pursuit, there is effectively no relationship. If you don't pursue that person, nothing else, you're not going any further. It's not like you can ignore them and, oh, yeah, we're on our way. No, no, no. Yeah, you're on your way somewhere, but it ain't where you think it is. You're on your way to that relationship ending is where you're on your way to. Well, the same thing goes with this relationship. We have to pursue. We have to go after him. Even if we just show up and pray, worship him, and then just sit in his presence and say, I'm here to receive. I know you've got something for me to do, and I'm just, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting here, intertwining myself with you, growing closer to you, waiting to receive what it is you have for me to do. He's going to give it to you. All faith. You, I mean, you don't need to doubt at all. He's going to give it to you without fail. Because he wants you to, because this is the thing we got to understand. God wants us to do what he has for us to do. He's got stuff that he wants to get done. And he wants as many of his people involved with it as possible. Why? Because it gets done quicker if there's more people. We know that. The more people you add to a job, especially if it's a big one like God has, the faster it gets done. Especially if they're good at following instructions. <laughs> Which is the, what we've been talking about the whole time. So what stops us, what stops us from pursuing? What stops us from seeking? 
We've already kind of hit on the first one. You can write this down because I don't have time to go there. Hosea 4.6, we all, we all know what it says because we've, we've looked at it many times. But um, it talks about perishing, my people perish for, or, yeah, perish for lack of knowledge. That's the one side of it we already talked about where people, some people just flat out don't know. They just don't know that that's what they're supposed to be doing. They are ignorant of the fact that it, there is a will there to understand, and it is our job to pursue to understand it. They just don't know. They have no idea. That's where the whole world is. The unbelievers, they have no idea. And then many believers that have been, you know, deceived or whatnot by religious doctrine and garbage, they don't know either. But that verse doesn't end there in Hosea 4, 6. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. That is not passive. That's not passive like ignorance. Reject knowledge is knowledge comes and I go, no. That is, I have come to believe that is where the majority of the church is. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of I've heard a lot of preachers say, oh, well, it's, it's lack of knowledge. I don't believe that, especially not in this day. I believe it is a rejection of knowledge is why people are where they are with a lack of understanding of the will of God. Because the will of God is coming at you for six ways to Sunday. I mean, you've got Christian TV, you've got, I mean, I could, I could have on my, I could have Kenneth Copeland talking to me on my phone in two minutes. So it's not that there's a lack, that they can't get it, it's that they've been exposed to it and they said no. No. Why? And don't get me wrong, there's lots of active church-going believers that are in this spot. They hear the will of God and they go, no. Why? Because it's work. Because I got all kinds of my own things that I want to do. And if I were to take that to me, I got to take my stuff and put it back here. And move forward with God. Well, that takes self-sacrifice. That takes submission to God. That takes a whole bunch of things that some, most people are just not willing to do. They are wholly consumed with what they want to do. I've got my plans. I've got my goals. I've got my desires. Well, wonderful. Do any of those things line up with what God wants you to do? Any of them? Just one? A lot of times, no. Because God has come to them and said, this is what I want you to do. And they look at it and they go, if I do that, I'll have to give up this, this, and this, and I'm not willing to do it. So they go, no. And at that point, their life stops with God. It stops. And not technically because they're actually moving backwards. Because if you're not moving, understand, we talked about this before, you are, in a, you are in a river. If you're not moving forward with propulsion, you are moving backwards. Because the, the, the drift, the current of the river is driving you backwards. So you are not ever standing still. You are either moving forward or you are moving backwards. Period. End of discussion. I don't care what you believe. Well, I can put my, I can hover my boat. No, you can't. That's not how rivers work. It's not how boats work. You are moving forward or you are moving backwards. And so we have to decide as believers, what are we going to do? Am I going to pursue? And in that pursuit be willing to put my things back, behind, down, 
push down my will, push down my goals, push down everything I have to, to pursue what God has. A lot, for a lot of believers, all it would take is just a, just a, that's why the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Why? Because all it takes is a taste. And you go, wait, 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 wait. You mean I've been missing this the entire time, chasing after my garbage? I've been sacrificing this for all of that? What? And then they're sold out from then on. That's all it takes because God is that good. But it takes that first step. And that's why the devil is clawing hand over fist, throwing every distraction he can at believers and training your flesh to be as schizophrenic and ADHD as he possibly can because he doesn't want you to focus in on what God has for you. But that's what we as believers have got to do. We've got to do. We've got to strive after. Ask, seek, knock so that it will be shown to us and that we can do what God has for us to do. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for the upcoming service, Father, for your anointing and blessing on this house. And we, we thank you for all you've done. You are a good, good Father. And we love you, God. We love you so much. And right now, we bring to you our giving, Father. We do it with a joyful heart. We come and we give to you because you've called us to. We thank you for it and look to you that we can become a bigger blessing so that we can move your plan forward because we know this plan takes resources and you've set this system up so that we can be a part of that cause. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Thank you for joining us this morning, live streamers. I apologize. I did not acknowledge you earlier, but if you would like to give, you can do so as well at uh, newlifefamilyworship.net. You can use the giving link. If you are here in the, the auditorium, you can use the envelopes on the seat back in front of you, and the ushers will help you if you don't have one. And we will be back here in a little bit.